This is The Unseen, and I'm your host, Mike Cleland. On this episode, we will be talking synchronicity with Andres Jones. Now, Andres has a long list of accomplishments. He is an actor, a musician, an author, a podcast host, and he also hosts a very unique, I guess you would call it long-running program, been running for, I think we determined 22 years during our talk, 22 years he has been running Radio 8-Ball, and we will talk about that during this show. And in the midst of this show, you will hear a song. We'll be playing a song. It is, in a way, like pulling a tarot card, a divination card. And this will happen somewhere in the middle of the show. Now, just heads up, Andres has the full rights and the full permission to use the song here on this show. We will not bump into any copyright rules at all. I just wanted to clarify that up front here. Oh, also, I want to add, as far as a list of Andres's accomplishments, I would also include App Developer. We're going to talk about an app he created during this show. This was a pretty lively conversation, and I will also add that a bunch of things went wrong during the production of this episode. Uh, one of the things was Skype was acting up in a funny way, and we were talking over each other. You'll hear us mention that at one point. And also, it was very hot where Andres was. He is in Washington State. It is the middle of the summer, and he had to turn his air conditioning off for the sound quality, and I apologize for that. I apologize to him for that. And you will hear us mention that a few times, too. This audio conversation was recorded on Saturday, August 15th, 2020. Please enjoy. Andres, thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. It means a lot to me. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Great. Now, so you and I have a mutual friend, Alan Green, and I have spent a goodly amount of time with Alan, and so I feel like I I connect really well with his ideas and his his thought processes, just let's say. And um, you have always been on my list to connect with, just because I, he speaks highly of you. And a few months ago, I did an audio interview with Alan, and it went really great, and I just wanted to follow it up. You know, honestly, I just... I this, the subject of synchronicity fascinates me to such a degree that I just feel it needs to be addressed in a really formal and thorough way. So so thank you for being here. Well, I can promise to address the synchronicities thoroughly, but I don't know how formally I can approach them. Let me be your lab rat. You you may be the scientist. I'm just the I'm just the rat in the maze and I keep putting myself in that maze and saying, "Whoa, what a cool maze." So here so here's the, how does how do you use synchronicity in your day-to-day -day life? Oh, I I feel that I am used by it far more than I use it. I mean, it's sort of like how do you use the weather? I mean, I guess there are people who manage to use the weather. I, me, I just try and know, should I wear a coat or should I not? And then, uh, and I'm constantly surprised because I live in the Northwest where the weather changes constantly, especially when it's not the summer where it's mostly hot. But even then we'll have crazy rain. I guess my point is um, I've found ways, I feel like to harness it for entertainment value. 
in what I do. And I definitely feel like someone might feel about the weather in their hometown about synchronicity. Like, I know it. I'm intimate with it. If you are having an experience of synchronicity around me and you're like, whoa, that's like the most intense wind. And I'm like, oh, no, that's just a nor'wester coming off the blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, OK, well, you know what's going on. I do know it's I, I have a I feel like I'm pretty tapped into that to exactly what you're saying. But I would argue that that people can use a sailboat and then they would need the weather would would drive that sailboat forward. Well, that's true. I mean, my the the musical divination format that I've been building for 20 years and change uh, is definitely like a, a sailboat that is powered by the wind of synchronicity. Um I, I actually, I mean, there's a part of me, I think of it less now because I'm so in the sailing of this vessel. But when I was first crafting it, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit. It's Radio 8 Ball. It's a musical divination show that I've been, like I said, been doing for 20 years. And there's a lot I could say about that and probably will. But uh, please do. Please do. You're, they, my, um, you you just jumped right to my second question. So. <laughs> well, well, I just, uh, I think. When I first was building it, I did have this strong sense, maybe just youthful, the crazy youthful optimism, or maybe some sort of insight, but that synchronicity is an energy force that at some point someone is going to figure out how to really harness it in a way that could be really beautiful. I suppose it could also be really terrible, but I mean, depending upon who and who finds it and how it's used and if that's even true it's or just a fanciful notion so i'm not uh i don't want to come down on the side of there's no use for this uh for synchronicity i think there's i think there are plenty of uses and like i said i've i've made use of one from with my show that's just when you ask me how do i use it it's it's such an overwhelmingly present part of life and i guess my life I, that uh, it's hard to think of like how I, yeah, I really feel much more like an instrument of it. Like it, like maybe like the way that sailboat feels about the ocean. Like I'm on, I'm sailing on the sea of it and yeah, it's cool to be able to float on it and not sink in it. But the idea that I would have any control about it or control over it, to be able to make use of it, I guess it's maybe it's just a, a, a semantic uh, situation and uh but anyway uh, you asked about radio eight ball or you were about to and then i interrupted you please no no i you you just jumped right to it and i would have gotten to that but yeah let's talk about that well i just want to give you an opportunity see you, you made the mistake of inviting a fellow podcast host onto your podcast and so i <laughs> probably just drop right into it and i just i don't want to i don't want to seize control of your vessel that we're that we're sailing <laughs> on so uh, but in in any of that that i said is there anything just on the synchronistic level that uh i don't know oh i mean i so the reason i ask is because i i i do use synchronicity as a tool let's say in my life or or you know see well, I, I used to I used to say synchronicity was a sign on the path, and that doesn't really work, right? You know, because there's like turn left, turn right is a sign on the path. And uh, and this actually comes from Alan Green, and he's, he kind of said, you know, synchronicity is is like being in the open ocean on a cloudy day. Like you need a compass to get your bearing somehow. And I recognized that right away, that that is a much better analogy for me personally, where I, 
I use synchronicity to get my bearing, you know, so to, to find my way. And I have, as a thought experiment, probably about 12 years ago, I started just like, I just gave myself over to it. And I, I let synchronicity lead my life in so many ways. Like I really trusted synchronicity and my life has consequently flipped upside down multiple times as how I've led my life and and the things that have happened in the last 12 years. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just feel like it's, it's exciting for me to just, to give myself over to the power of this mysterious force. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the greatest collaborator you'll ever find. <laughs> And it's interesting. I mean, even people, you know, like I've had authors say, like, you know, I've said, oh, I worked on this book and stuff just fell in my lap. Like it was all magical. And another author said, well, that's how the best books get written. You know, it just seems like they write themselves. So he was tapping into it at a very pragmatic level. And I was seeing it as magic. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, again, it's 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 all the one thing that is very clear to me in my experience with synchronicity and with radio eight ball is that it is a reflection. And so of course we're going to see in a game of reflection, there's the projection thing. So whatever you bring to it is going to determine its flavor. Uh, and I think there's just a, I think there, there are a lot, I think, both of the ways that we're talking about approaching it or um, I don't know, having it inform how we live our lives, I think are in the, are on the constructive side of the, of the ledger where, you know, there are people who, I think there's a, there again, having done this a lot. And my father was a psychologist and radio eight ball, the format that I uh, will, I'll be, I keep, putting off talking about, but I will talk about in a second. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry. That was very much informed by my father's dream seminars. And so there is a, and, and his approach to working with dreams, having come out of the therapeutic side of the psychology business, by the time I was on the scene, uh, you know, being born, and it was, he had really flipped and through the 60s to someone who was, Teach, whose teaching was more about how can we use all of the science of dreams that we've learned to enhance our appreciation of life for people who are healthy, not just as a way of diagnosing neuroses and illness, but of enhancing mental health and, you know, and I wouldn't say mental excellence, but mental excellence in the sense of being able to enjoy your life even more and enjoy your dreams even more. And have that, and synchronicity to me speaks in the language of dreams. Uh, a lot of the times, the way I'll talk about how my work builds on, you know, sort of stands in connection with my father's is that his whole thing was about perceiving dreams as poetry and appreciating our dreams the way we would poetry. His final book was called The Dream Poet, and well, maybe his penultimate book. Anyway, uh, and I approach poetry and music the way you approach dreams. That's what we do with Radio 8 Ball. But that's kind of how I approach synchronicity in general, is that it's like the, it's the ultimate enhancer. It's like the, it turbocharges a moment. And the way that moment is turbocharged 
Well, yeah, there's a lot of information to take from that. And I think it's also important for people who may fall on the other side of that continuum to also have balance around it and to be able to take in a synchronicity but not hold it too tightly. And that's why I think that the uh, the analogy of the reflection of the mirror is really good because this, the synchronicity that ha- that's happening right now between us that we may not even have clicked into yet, but when, it, when we do, we'll be like, wow, that was amazing. It was amazing. And the moment when we experience it is amazing, but it's not but just because it was amazing and it is amazing doesn't mean it's always going to be amazing and we must build a religion in ourselves, not even necessarily a real religion, but like just a religious attitude towards that synchronicity because it's as powerful as, you know, your fle- your 13-year-old reflection is in the mirror to you. And if you could see that, you'd be like, oh, that's amazing. But it's not going to tell you what uh, looking in the mirror right now will tell you. And that's going to change the next day and the next day and the next day. So I think there's a there's this importance of being able to, I mean, maybe we're again, I don't think we're arguing that we're talking about the same thing, but in using it, oh, yeah. it's really about using it the way that the, like a Tai Chi master uses the force of their opponent. Like, let it blow through you. Like, yeah, use it as, as much as you can, but don't hold on to it too tightly because you're going to miss the next one. And then there's the next one. And then once you're really getting into it, it's just like, oh, it's all synchronicity. Even when I don't, when I'm unaware of it being synchronicity, it's so so much synchronicity that I know that even the most mundane moments that seem completely devoid of inspiration, that this is synchronicity too. And that's, I feel like that's the point where it stops being something you even talk about so much, at least for me. Um, even though I do a show that's about synchronicity, um, unless, <laughs> as do I, as do I. unless I'm hanging out with someone else like you or like Alan, who is, I don't know, who plays synchronicity the way jazz musicians play music. It's like at a certain point, you're thinking in music in a way that is not the same for people who still have to think about how to do it. And I think, uh, you know, and maybe that sounds... I really hope that doesn't sound arrogant. It just, it's 20 years of doing musical divination, 20 years more and more of doing musical divination and spending time and studying and all of that. It does, I don't know, it breed a certain, I don't know, the kind of arrogance that you have when you're in a really good relationship. And like, you're like, I'm not worried that this relationship is going to go away. This is just, we're good. And that, so it, maybe that's arrogant. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but I encourage, but it's it's one that, I hope inspires, I don't know, inspires people who are listening to this to, you know, to, to be patient with themselves in their exploration of synchronicity because there isn't a wrong way to do it. Um, or there are only wrong ways to do it. <laughs> I, it uh, yeah. Or the comment, a blurring of the both. Yes. So just what you listed there, I was furiously writing notes here and, and so many points are kind of key to the way I have been framing this stuff in my life. Now, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the phone before you came on the show, but I have been immersed in UFO research, which is this highly charged um, subject. You know, it's just emotionally highly charged. It's resonantly highly charged. So it's it, it, it reflects back so many of the things. So you could have given your whole spiel there and I could have transcribed it. I could have changed the word synchronicity to UFO research and it would have played out as my reality 
so cleanly. Um, and I, just a couple things, like I went through a phase like 12 years ago, like about 2008, 2009, I was flooded with so many synchronicities that it freaked me out. And I was, I was like teetering on madness for a while. And in the intervening years, I have mellowed out greatly and the synchronicities lost their frantic power and they have gained a much more tranquil power that I, that I recognize. And I, and I'm grateful that I chilled out after freaking out uh, early on in this, in this subject and this subject, the synchronicity. So for me, the synchronicity is blurring with the UFO research so much. Both of them are very highly charged and both of them I treat equally. I, I think a, a UFO sighting has just as much power as a, a good synchronicity. Well, I, I mean, that's one of those areas where I think we said, what well, I said when we were talking on the phone, that I approach the phenomenon of UFOs similarly to the way I approach the phenomenon of ghosts in that people who I trust have ex experience with them. So I believe that there's something going on there, but I have no firsthand experience. Uh, and I'm intrigued by both. And I also feel like part of my skill at being able to do the work I do is like, I feel like it's almost like a blessing, uh, like a lack of awareness that I have about those. Like it's like a, like an athlete who can shut out the noise around them. I've had people who've come to radio eight ball shows and say, Oh, aliens love your show. Oh, ghosts love your show. <laughs> ah, dragons love your show. And I'm like, I can't, I'm so glad I can't see them, but I love them. I mean, that's, I mean, I can feel that. I mean, if the magical energy that I feel around doing Radio 8 Ball is informed by all of that, then that's that great feeling. But I feel like if I if I had firsthand experience of it in a way that I could speak to, I think I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do. I think I would be just so in intrigued by that, that I would walk off the stage and be like, whoa. Whoa, ghosty, come over here and tell me about my dad. You know, like, I, you know, so it's a, it's a probably a, so anyway, my point in saying that is that, uh, that is cool, I guess. Like, I, it's like, it, how can I give you a high five through the phone? But what, where one, where I can say, like, I don't know, like, I, with, with, with UFOs, I don't know, other than it's sort of like the way I feel about, other countries' politics were just so propagandized by it. If you don't have firsthand experience, you probably should just shut up and and watch or listen, you know? Yeah. Now, we don't have to. I just, this the UFO thing is my uh, kind of, uh, the, the majority of these shows are about UFO issues. And, and I am so happy not to do a show about UFOs every once in a while, just because... Um, it's a heavy, heavy subject. It's and then I I was looking forward to this because it can be light or much lighter than than the 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 drama that is just interwoven into the UFO topic. Sarah, enough on that. Here, let's. I'm going to take our very first break. For free listeners, you will hear a few commercials. For paying members, we will be right back. We are back on the unseen with my guest. Andres Jones, and we are talking about synchronicity and the power of synchronicity and how that overlaps with a myriad of other strange, highly charged experiences. Before the break, we mentioned it 
many times and never got into it. Let's get into it now. What is Radio 8-Ball? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Radio 8-Ball is a musical divination format where it's very simple. We answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those songs like musical tarot cards. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. We started out on the radio doing it uh, with as a call-in show and picking CDs just blindly out of a box and putting them... I mean, we put a bunch of CDs in a box and then pick one randomly and put it in the CD player and press shuffle function and play it, and that would be the answer. We've had live musical guests where their songs are selected either by spinning a wheel or flipping a coin or having people pick numbers at random off a list that they can't see. Um, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways to do it. And there's a lot of different ways that I've done it. We've been doing, I've been doing Radio 8 Ball since 1998. It started on KAOS in Olympia. And since then I've, you know, I've just done it on, I've done it on stage and on radio and we've developed, I've developed it as a web series. And, uh, for the last, I don't know, four years or so, I've been doing it as a podcast and we're in our third season, and this season of the podcast we're using to do our musical divinations the way we're doing it, because we can't have live musicians in the studio with us, and because we can't license uh, CDs of other people to play on Shuffle Function, uh, and, and because we have a new app that we had just I had just developed called uh, just the Radio 8 Ball app, and you can find it in the iTunes App Store. And it's filled with every song recorded in the history of the show. So it's like close to 2,000 songs, and it includes people like John Auer from The Posies, Inara George from The Bird and the Bee, uh, Dan Byrne. Candy Pants. Candy Pants. Candy Pants. Oh, yeah, Candy Pants. Actually, you know what? I wish I had a Candy Pants songs recorded live. When we had her on the show, she was calling in from L.A., and we were using the Candy Pants CD. We're talking about Lisa Genio, of course, the... Uh, the guiding creative force behind and in front of uh, the band Candy Pants. Uh, when she was on the show, she was just as a call-in guest, and we used her music off of her CDs to answer questions, and then she talked about them. We did that with some pretty cool people. We did some, a show like that with Mose Allison, with Alan Toussaint, with Jimmy Webb. Um, some of the guests we had on when we were doing that kind of show, we had Tig Notaro, and Natasha Legero on as guests uh, coming through town. Yeah, over the years, we've had some amazing people on the show. But anyway, my, my point is that for this season, and I think we may even try and do it here because... Uh, we'll do more than try. Because the thing about having an app is that anyone can have one. And basically, so it has all these songs in it uh, by all these different artists recorded in all these different times. And every song, not only... Is it live and performed in the studio? But it's also connected to a particular moment in time. And if we're talking about synchronicity, I think that connecting the sort of synchronistic time, which is a time out of time, with the particular moments, the context in which they happened, I feel like that's where there's a way that our mind can hook into and appreciate a node of synchronicity. So if there's a song you really like, and then you find out that it was recorded on the day you graduated from high school 
and the person who was asking the question was a kid because we had a lot of kid callers who asking about their first day of school. And that was something that someone once asked about. Then that all of a sudden opens up into all of these other levels of synchronicity. And that's really the depth of this thing that at some point I realized it's so weird. So uh, with Radio 8 Ball, uh, it's been a lot of different things. When I first started doing it, it was a break from... The sort, of, the sort of pressure cooker of trying to be a successful actor and trying to be a touring musician and build success that way. And there just felt like so much trying and trying and trying and just playing this game was no trying at all. It's like the total absence of trying. Show up, ask questions, and see what happens. Um, and then at some point after doing it for about a decade, I realized that I started to get ambitious about it and wanted to be more than just a a show on uh you know a local community radio station and then I started doing it as a live show and then it started to be more of something that I pursued and then at some point I even realized I sort of realized you know this is never going to be successful in that sense it's just too deep and too big and I'm the creator of it I'm not even sure if I would want to wade into these waters because it is so sort of big and deep and contradictory um, and also wrapped around this personality, which is me. And I have my own flaws and merits, which could make someone want to and not want to spend that much time with me in their synchronicity, which is why the app is pretty great, by the way. It's a way to do it without even having to (laughs) have me involved Um, to the point where now I feel like I really do feel like I'm very much in service to this much, much bigger work. Hey, this is Mike, and I am interrupting in the middle of the conversation here. I made the mistake where I forgot to do the commercial break, so I'm just plugging it in here. For free listeners, you will hear a few advertisements. For paying members, we will be right back. We are back on The Unseen with my guest, Andres Jones, and we are talking about synchronicity and popular music. And now I'm going to bring us right back into the conversation where we left off before the break. Here we go. To the point where now I feel like, I really do feel like I'm very much in service to this much, much bigger work that already is big enough and it just gets, it grows by, it it grows all on its own, like the feed me plant from Little Shop of Horrors. And it's really just at this point, my job to maintenance it, maintain the integrity of it and, um, you know, and, and really be on the lookout for, for new hosts. I think that's going to be the next chapter of my life is finding other people who are, drawn to or called to this format who have the, I don't know, the skills and the temperament to be able to hold space for other people's synchronicity without getting so caught up in your own that, uh, well, that it overwhelms the other person's. But at the same time, being willing to make it about your synchronicity, particularly when your synchronicity is embarrassing. I think most people want to share the synchronicities about themselves that are flattering and i think that the one of the key skills of a radio eight ball host is that it is that it is that sort of coyote thing of like 
the best thing that I can share here makes me look the worst, but that will make this whole thing better. Um, wow, that's I don't even know if that's an accurate description of Radio 8 Ball. It's more uh, an accurate uh, demonstration of what it's like to be recording in an incredibly hot attic that's getting hotter every minute. And I feel like I'm in a sweat okay. lodge <laughs> with you. So I hope that made sense. Well, there's a therapeutic quality. This, I love a sweat well, lodge. Well, the sweat lodge is a, it's a, you know, that's a rich spiritual ceremony that, that stretches back, you know, all throughout human history. So I'm just saying that if I'm sounding a little bit, I don't know, high, that's part of the reason why. Okay, and I will. Um, I'll jump in if you start to, you know, mumble or anything like that. But um, you're, 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 I'm listening to your riff there, and I'm. You, you can't see me, but I've been nodding my head. Hey, you want to try the the eight ball thing right now? I got it right on my. Yeah. So here. just so people know, again, this is the Radio Eight Ball app. You downloaded it from the iTunes App Store. Sorry, Android users. Yeah, they'll get over it. At this point, we don't have an Android, but I, I am an Android user myself, so I don't even. I'm not even able to play with this. I had to get an iPhone just to be able to do it, and I don't expect you to do that. Wow. But uh, I already had one. But yeah, so. so you have it. And would you, why don't you explain? I'd, I'd like to know, describe your experience. This will be fun for me. Well, let's just do it live, you know. So I've only done one song. I actually didn't want to jinx it, you know, beforehand. So um, uh, well, let's just do it live instead of trying to trying to me explain it. What yeah. fun is that? So, so, so here it says, ask again or more. What should I do? So we'll ask your question. So let's ask again. So this is a new question. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to ask a new question. So I hit ask again. Sure. Great. Okay. Ask again. What is your... Oh, he has... Can you hear this? I'm going to put it up to the thing here. It's got this kind of haunted house music in there. Um, That's the sound of space. Uh, I, I saw 2001. Space does not have sound. Um, so I'm going to speak uh, into this and I'll, instead of typing it in because I talk fast and type slow. Now, here's, here's my question. I want to... Um, like my life has been in flux lately and lots of stuff is going on and I'm at the age now where I sort of can't go back to my old lifestyle. <laughs> I used to teach outdoor work and I taught like mountaineering and rock climbing and stuff like that. And those days are gone. Like that's gone. I was kind of on the fence where I could sort of halfway do it for a decade and and I'm kind of past that now. So like I'm at this new chapter of my life where I got to be at peace with not nostalgicizing is that a word nostalgicizing without being nost overly nostalgic about what i used to do um and then just press on forward and, and follow my bliss though i'm often not sure what my bliss is so seek my bliss and then and then latch onto it and follow it so i guess my question would be you know how do i proceed forward at this new chapter of my life so i'll speak it in how do i proceed forward in this new chapter of my life Okay, so I spoke it in. It's written there across the bottom. And now give it a shake. Oh, I have to shake it. Yeah, well, you can. You could. Oh, that's right. You have to shake it like it's an eight ball. Well, you shake it like it's uh, all kinds of things. You can shake all kinds of things. Okay, your answer. Oh, it comes up as Losing in a Landslide by Brother Sister. Here, let me just push the thing in. I'm just going to hold my phone up to the uh, to the microphone here. Here, you know what? What? You, why don't you listen to it there? I have a copy of it here. I'm just going to listen to it here so I can hear okay. uh, the good version. And then we'll just when we come back, Hold, we'll, just we'll talk about how it answered the question. Losing in a landslide. I hope we're talking about the same person. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are.
Okay. Okay. Hey, can I? Can, can we? Can we come back from that the way I come in from the end of a musical divination? Absolutely. I was going to say you play the host of Radio Eight Ball, and I'll I'll just follow your lead. And that was brother sister performing the song "Losing in a Landslide." That was on August first, twenty eighteen. Uh, that we recorded that session. And interestingly, that was the answer to a question from Van Dyke Parks. Are you familiar with Van Dyke Parks, Mike? Van Dyke Parks, who is he? Uh, Fans of the Beach Boys will know him as Brian Wilson's co-writer on the Smile album. So... Oh, yes. Uh, okay, yes, I am fan of Beach Boys. and villains and all that stuff. And he's just, he's worked with so many great people as an arranger. And he's, a, a, you can kind of, maybe you can understand why he would be a fan of a band like Brother Sister that has such beautiful orchestral arrangements and really interesting lyrics. And just, I feel like they are, uh, they are great acolytes of Mr. Parks, and Parks is a very wonderful, I don't know, an appreciative master to their, uh, Jedi master to their Padawan, uh, I guess. I'm sorry, I'm mixing all kinds of metaphors here. But the point is, that was Van Dyke Parks, and that was on August 1st, also in a very hot place. Hold on, let me turn off my air conditioner. Oh, turn off. I'm sorry, I may end up just being stuck with it. Sometimes my air conditioner won't turn off. In the middle of this, it's going to beep, and that'll be a synchronicity. But that was the answer to your question, which was, how do I proceed forward in this new chapter of my life? And I got all kinds of ideas from that, but uh, I'm curious what you got out of it. Well, it was, I mean, it was a kind of a, you know, like losing in a landslide is kind of a, like a, you know, a grim, <laughs> like, so I just picture, you know, that, uh, you know, walking uphill in sand kind of thing where... Uh, so what I got from it was, it was sort of a love song and it kept on saying like, you know, I'm an arrogant fool in love with you. I'm an illogical fool in love with you. And, and so the, the sort of focus of that romance to me was what I would call the mystery. So, so that's like what I'm in love with in many ways is this mystery. That's a very seductive mystery. It's kind of the soup of, of UFOs and owls and synchronicity and a you know, lots of spices in there too. So that's what I recognized was it. And it, and it basically said, you know, proceed forward, but it's going to be a kind of a bumpy road, you know, and then don't confuse my hope for false pride. And, um, and a lot of stuff about, I don't care and stuff like that. So it kind of just felt like what I was saying earlier, you know, where I said very clearly, like I, I abandoned myself to synchronicity like i completely surrendered to synchronicity and this mystery and that's the way i read it it confirms it to me hmm well there was a there was a few lines i didn't want to i didn't want to interrupt are you were you uh oh i'm i'm ready to hear your your you know you you had a, a psychologist in the house i want to you know you want you to play that up to the hilt right now well let's be clear i am i am not accredited in any way um, Wait a minute, you've got a podcast. Well, <laughs> that counts for something, right? But I have been doing this a, a long time, and so I, I do have some ideas here. First of all, I also have the benefit of having the lyrics here in front of me because I, I, I just have endless files on all of these guests. So it starts off 
starts off with the the line "Go real slow" is what you said that night. So the first lines are "Go real slow," and your question was, "How do I proceed forward in this new chapter of my life?" And it literally gave you a how, not like it didn't give you a direction. It didn't give you, but it gave you a like, how should you be proceeding forward? Go real slow. And considering the time that we're in right now, that seems like pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down, I wrote that down here on the piece of paper, go real slow. And then I guess it's one of the things that uh, sort of gets me in trouble with the synchronicity, some people in the synchronicity realm, because some people want to see everything as flowers and light and they, uh, they seem to calibrate their appreciation of synchronicity only to that frequency and can get very angry <laughs> if you say anything to shatter that frequency or respond to that frequency in a way that they don't think of as flowers and light. And on the other side, there's people who are very much into the conspiracy side of synchronicity and respond accordingly. So we, just once again, if we change the word uh, synchronicity to UFO, your statement would ring just as true. Oh, yeah, so keep going. Yeah, 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 of course. So here's the thing. There is no way to rationally look at the situation we're in. If you want to be open to synchronicity, which is, I think, fundamental truth, then you have to be at least give have to give respect to like to actual reality like carbon-based realities on this planet and we are losing in a landslide that is an undeniable fact like whether or not you think there's a particular win here maybe you're you're banking on the outcome of an election or the outcome of a project that you're working on or the outcome of some external thing but even before we were in this situation the buddha told us and life tells us that we're doomed you're all everything we do is doomed we also happen to be in a particularly existentially uh, place on the planet for all of us and if anyone can point me in a direction where we are responding in an intelligent way i i'm always i'm so happy to First, poke holes in it, and then if I'm wrong, you know, be highly supportive of it. But I think the song, and I think Brother Sister are very, they're very, uh, uh, Bobby Halverson, who who wrote the song, who's their main songwriter, he's just a very serious and thoughtful guy, as is Van Dyke, also very politically engaged. We all are. Um, and I guess uh, there's something in the song that is just saying that, like, if you like this path forward, it leads to nothing good, <laughs> but like we are losing in a landslide. And at the same time, luckily we're synchronots, which means that we don't move towards a, towards that yawning grave. And that defines everything other than that we have an infinity of moments between now and then to experience and possibly just being in that flow allows us to dance between some raindrops and sort of Mr. Magoo our way out of some dangers and maybe into others. So my point is that the the song is saying, yeah, we're losing in a landslide. 
and I'm an arrogant fool who's in love with you. I feel like that's the approach we kind of have to take. Like, if we're doomed, I think the best attitude is to take the attitude of a foolish lover towards the moment. Like, I don't care if we're doomed. Do we have another hour together? Then let's, well, I don't... <laughs> I was about to. I was about to to use. I know some you were. I know language. what you were about to say. But, to say. but uh, so, but my my interpretation. I mean, this was super personal. Like, well, how do I proceed? So I'm. I'm like. Was it? I didn't frame the question as like how the globe proceeds. I was, you know, like thinking of my life and in my work in a way. Like I'm very passionate about this this work that I'm doing. This the writing and the such, and so yeah. So I I saw it as. Uh, you know, years ago, like I, when I started this thing, it's like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to, I'm going to solve this and get the answer. And that was a terrible way to step into like UFO research or synchronicity research or oh, like, yeah. the mysteries of owl folklore. You're going to, you're setting yourself up for disaster. You want an answer? <laughs> we got a hundred, we got thousands of answers and they all contradict each other. <laughs> yeah. And now they're, and none of them match. Yeah, exactly. So everyone contradicts the other one next to it. So I, in a way it said, you know, losing the landslide, just be at peace with that landslide. Right. So there's all this kind of romantic, uh, romantic lyrics in there as well as basically saying you may never win you may never get to that goal that you want as far as solving it and i'm totally at peace with that so that was a nice kind of confirmation that you know my headspace matches that in many ways and i don't want to go slow i'm terribly terribly impatient well maybe so that's why right it's ahead, so. even so that is perfectly calibrated to you um yeah yeah again we're all going to see I guess because I'm here partly to help you with your musical divination, but also to demonstrate it to a larger audience, I, I guess I'm thinking on a pretty meta level and, exper and experiencing, uh, wanting to talk about, or presence at least, all the different ways you might approach this. If you had a little bit of time on your hands, you might want to approach this as that this was the third reading of eight on August 1st, 2018, just outside of Los Angeles in a suburb of Los Angeles. Um, and someone who wanted to do an astrological reading of that or a numerological reading of that. Uh, where the hell were we? Were I'm looking it up, looking at... I, I actually looked it up in my calendar while you were talking and, and, uh, and nothing nothing important seemed to happen. Nothing yeah. happened particularly special nothing on August of note 1st, happened, 2018? Yeah. Well, no. maybe not no. maybe not for you, but this is the point that every person is a node of these contexts. Someone was born on that day, someone died on that day, some like that was a day it happened. So, like there's a there is a reading that's that's in there. The fact that it's the 3 of 8, the 3rd of 8, the fact that it's Van Dyke Parks. Someone might want to go and check out that episode which is available Again, for free on the Radio 8 Ball podcast feed. If you wanted to find it, you could also go to Radio8Ball.com and check it out where also the lyrics are. Um, you could also look at the, like, you know, just purely just a brother-sister. Like, there's an obvious, there's a binary thing there. And it's also a youthful thing. Like, this is not, it's not mother-father. It's not, you know, just not even man-woman. It's brother-sister which in itself has its own resonance. And Van Dyke Parks and Brother Sister, you could maybe find 
some whether it's poetic resonance or cultural resonance or archetypal resonance uh, I the one that seemed really easy to me was LL losing in a landslide just curious if 11s are a big deal for you I certainly pay attention when I get 11 11 on the clock but uh, honestly one two three four is a is a more highly charged number that that I pay much closer attention to well this was episode 323 of our uh, of our podcast series so there's some I don't know again I my point is not to say that any of these one thing, any of these things, that's why we didn't talk about them. I don't feel like any of these are particularly germane to your question. But as the host, these are all of the different ways one might approach this that's not as simple as just listening to the lyrics. Sometimes the lyrics speak very directly to us. Sometimes the context is where, well, I'd say this is the thing about synchronicity. There's synchronicity in all of these. All of these nodes, what I call what I call sort of nodes of synchronicities, are just ways that we in our consciousness can hook into that flow of synchronicity through a fact or a detail or some other, you know, more quantum aha moment. But it's a psychological phenomenon. There's a real thing going on, which is that everything's in sync, everything's humming together. And then we have these consciousnesses that for whatever reason are in conflict with that and have been i guess for well at least at least as long as i've been around or anyone i've been reading has been around and what do you mean by in conflict uh that our consciousness is in conflict with the hum of reality because we i think we live in so, we we act as if so many abstractions are real that we even though like I'd say, I, I believe that even in our dysfunction, we are moving in some kind of rhythmic harmony with the rhythmic harmony. But I feel like the reason that the experience of synchronicity is so profound and for some people so rare is that it involves dropping a lot of, like allowing some of the, I don't know, ersatz preconceptions that are given to us by language good and evil. Is this an evil thing? Like, I can't tell you how many good synchronicities are ruined by someone wondering, is this evil? Am I bad? Am I wrong? Is this neuroses? And I had to wrestle with it. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, we do I'm have sorry. a little bit of lag. No. We do have a little bit of lag in the uh, in, in our feed because I, I shouldn't be jumping in, like stepping over you like that. But um, oh, for me, you know, like I recognize like this is the song was kind of a downer. Like, oh, my God, it's like this, you know, and so I was like, do I take that personally? And I knew right away, no, don't take that personally. Like, you, I just keep on thinking of like, you, you know, synchronicity to me is like the conversation you have with a gas station attendant that that after you've driven down the road a little ways, you realize like, wow, that was just like, you know, meeting the wizard in in some like Arthurian legend, you know, that it had this this deeper meaning. And so I I wasn't tied into that uh sort of downer aspect of the song i was i was just looking for the the message yeah it's the well it's i don't want to give away the game but uh what do you, the, do you know something i don't what are you saying well i just feel like the message is always okay just for me the message is always yeah dummy 
Like what? <laughs> you know what? Whatever you think it is, it is. So you know, yeah, and yeah, that's no, the that's way life exactly. works. I, like if you want it to be something different, think it's something different. Because, and this is why maybe I relate to this question this way. Because we are losing in a landslide. The thing you're trying to protect yourself from is the thing that you are drawing to yourself constantly. And if you and you can't get out of it, you're just going to keep drawing that to yourself. You, me, everyone. Whatever we fear, we're drawing. Whatever we resist persists. The cliches go on and on. You know, you can go on and on with them. But oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. sort of like, and then you go to an oracle, and an oracle, you know, like you say, "Am I going to die?" Of blah blah blah. And oracle says, "Yeah, dummy. Yeah." I'm, but uh, the the tone is like, but what? But between now and then, ask me a better question. You know, not that's not what the pop oracle is saying to you. By the way, I think your question is great. I think I think you got a really great answer, especially because, like myself, you probably move really fast because you said you move really fast. I'm very impatient, and so for guys like us, it, yeah, you know, it's good for us, especially as hosts, because like now I totally am doing to you what some of my guests do to me is I'm just not letting you have the mic back, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to relinquish it. But I know as a host that there's a part of you that's sort of like and this is where I'm getting a powerful lesson from the whole gestalt of our conversation, not just this reading of slowing down is like knowing what it's like to be the guest who's with me knowing that on the as soon as I stop talking you have an idea that's just as good as mine and we're having more of a conversation than an interview but we never get the good attention and the good questions in our lives so you don't want to let go of the mic if you're built like me but anyway here's the mic back mike well and i i have learned to shut up when i do the show and i enjoy that aspect of it and i um at sometimes i hold the floor more longer than i should but rarely hey um you know uh, there's a quote from dr kirby surprise who wrote a book called synchronicity i did a very thorough interview with him a few years back and he said something that just rang so true to me and he said we are all parakeets in the cage and we are pecking at the mirror not realizing it is our own reflection and that was his kind of, uh, that was the way he framed not so much synchronicities, but the synchronicities that come when, you, when you're unhealthy and obsessed about a subject. And I would say that for me, that was owls. And I was just getting all these owl synchronicities. I was living my life and this owl synchronicities were just flooding my life. I, I couldn't do anything without some, some sort of synchronicity somehow connected to owls. And that, that quote was part of my you know, grand exhale, let's say. That's how I sort of came down to earth again was many things. But that quote was was a great way for me to frame uh, what I recognized was was happening to me. What did the owls teach you? Well, you're just, now you, you did, the tables did turn. So um, the owl to me is an alarm clock. It's saying, wake up. So yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about the owl like the bird in the forest, which it it is. I'm talking about the 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 archetype of the owl. The owl is this totem of a challenge. The owl is not a light and fluffy totem. Like the owl is a hard totem. You get owls showing up in your life, and you're confronted with hard work. That doesn't make it bad. It's very been very rewarding, but it has not been easy. And I would also say that the owl. So the so the the lore of the owl, the, the the folklore, the lineage of the the mythology that stretches back 
to the caves, I'm certain, you know, is that owls can see in the darkness, right? So owls can see in the darkness. Ancient man recognized that just as we do now. And for ancient man, that must have been magical. So owls can fly into the darkness. That very quickly becomes a metaphor for traveling into other realms. That would be the land of the dead, the land of our ancestors, that other realm, that mysterious realm, that alternate realm, and then coming back with a message. So the owl is the messenger to these other realms. So for me, you asked, what has the owl given me? My, my definition of reality has changed profoundly since taking on this owl research. So the owl, the owl reflects that knowing within me that there is another reality. There is a deeper reality out there and this is some surface reality that you and I are on right now where we bump our toes and it hurts. And there's a deeper reality where this beautiful stuff takes place. So people have asked me, like, since you've done this stuff, since you've been immersed in this research, how has your life changed? And I answer that saying, I now live in a magical universe. And just, just to dig in a little bit more on the owl, like, do you feel like, What's your, well, what's your relationship to the owl now? Like to that archetype? Like, is, do you feel like it, maybe, I guess, because I feel like when we have these experiences, the archetype shows up and it sort of entrances us and scares us and we learn something from it. And then we, then at some point it, it's like kind of part of our toolkit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. For me, it was the, it was the coyote archetype was very much, was one for me that, there was a time it's meant all kinds of things to me. And now it's, well, it's, I have a different relationship to it now than when, when it was sort of burning on me and I was having all kinds of crazy coyote synchronicities. And and it has changed for me too. Yeah, very much so. So when you like, I guess, like, do you feel like the night hunter now? I mean, do you, do you keep? Not, a, not at all. No, no. No, I don't have any kind of issues. I don't like want to like catch mice in the dark or anything like that. So well, no, no, I no, um, but but catching <laughs> catching synchronicities or catching insights, catch like, do you find yourself up late at night, hunting for inspiration, hunting for whatever it is? Because I assume that when it was like I said, it's not talking about the actual owl. You're talking about the archetype of the owl. Oh yeah. I guess that's what I'm kind of curious. To me, that's what the owl is. It's the night hunter. It's, it's, well, it's a lot of things. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on your archetypes with mine. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of curious for someone who, for whom it was very potent. Where does that live? Like, what's the power of it now? Like, I could tell you kind of what the power of coyote is for me. Okay, I'll ask you in a second what it is, but for me, the owl. The owl for me now is still just as vibrant an archetype, though. Though, like, like I don't, I don't need an uh, to see an owl. Like, I love. I saw an owl a few weeks ago, and I actually got it on videotape. I talked to it, <laughs> and it answered. So there's you can. I was making little owl noises, and it was looking right at me and making little owl noises back. So I see owls more than most people do. I recognize in that there's a. Oftentimes, there could be an associated. Uh, synchronicity around the time I see the owl, what I was thinking about when I saw the owl, I factor all that stuff in. But at this point, I'm seeing less owls. I'm at peace with that. Like, I don't need the owl to prove anything to me. Like, I'm already, I'm already sold. No, like, I, I'm, I already, I, I, that's not. Really, I'm already fully bought in. That's not really what I was asking. I guess 
I'm asking just oh, no. Yeah. Here, let me. I'll, let me. I'll, I'm getting into it. Yeah, I'm getting to it. So, but what's happening now is like on my website, I've collected owl stories, and I have a little thing that says I want to hear your owl story. So, if anyone has like a powerful owl synchronicity, now basically what people are having is if they're seeing an owl in the context of a UFO sighting or a UFO event, and if if anyone on Earth Google's UFO owls, they're going to find me in about two mouse clicks, and they're going to send me their story. So, basically, every day I get a powerful, beautiful, mystical heartwarming or heart-wrenching story about an owl and i i take this role very seriously where i'm now archiving and cataloging and trying to make sense of this bigger narrative so i don't need to have the owl stories people are having the owl stories they are sending them to me and i am i am engaging and trying to get back to everyone it is hard sometimes to get back to everyone but i'm doing my very best to be the the folklorist the person who collects the folklores, you know, like Alan Lomax collecting folk music, I'm collecting owl stories, and I'm and I'm taking that very seriously because there is a value to it. There are beautiful, beautiful, powerful lessons interwoven into many of these stories. There, okay, that's that would be my answer. So you're now hunting owl stories. I'm not hunting them. No, they're I'm like they're I'm like flypaper. They're just they're just sticking to me at this point. So I'm not hunting for I guess I'm I'm putting the, I'm putting the energy out there. Yes, it says in great big letters on my blog, I want to hear your owl stories. Whenever I do a podcast, I say, send me your owl stories. So I'm yes, I'm I'm fishing for them. That may be a better way to say it. I'm asking for them and I'm getting them. So I'm making a request, the universe is delivering them. Yeah. There's all kinds of ways to hunt. Yeah, and I'm asking. It's less than I'm hunting, it's more than I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, as someone who, again, I col- I, I would say that I collect the song, like the way you described what you do uh, with Owl Stories, very similar to what I do with collecting synchronicities and songs and the Radio 8 Ball app and on the show. And at the same time, you know, I guess for me, the way I justify it is I always ensnare myself in the same trap. Like it is a synchronicity trap, and if you're in it, you're gonna be in it. There's no way to, and for most people, that's a pleasant experience. And you know, we are parakeets in the cage, tapping at the mirror, not realizing it is ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I become the mirror, and that's unpleasant. Uh, in those rare cases where someone has a has an unpleasant experience, they rarely say, "Oh wow, the universe was really messing with me." They usually are like, damn, that Andros was really messing with me when uh, that's like, that would be such, it would, oh man, it's just like people who, whenever there's a good synchronicity, have you ever found this? And maybe this is something because you don't do a musical divination show, you might not come across it. But whenever we have a really great on the nose musical divination, so on the nose, like, and even if it happens on stage in front of everyone. Like a spin a wheel, someone asks a question and the answer is so good that everyone in the audience laughs just because of the title, because it's so perfect. And there's always, those are the ones that everyone's always like, did you set that up? Like, even if it happens in front of you, the first impulse is to question and to be like, is this rigged? But uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm the guest, but I'm rambling. And I'm at the point now where I, you know, I'm at peace with the mystery, right? Like, I know I'm not going to solve the mystery. I might be able to get a little clue. I might be able to 
get a little, uh, what do you call it? Like a little, um, a little moment of, of aha, you know, but I'm not going to solve the mystery, the grand mystery, whether it's UFOs or the archetypal meaning of owls or, you know, what a synchronicity, how that really happens. You know, I'm not going to solve that. Um, what I can do is ask better questions. And what I can do is tell stories and archive stories. I mean, the story of a good synchronicity is just as powerful as anything, as is a UFO report, as is a, you know, a, a mystical owl experience. So, or a, you know, song on Radio 8 Ball. Yeah. So we've run a little bit over. I was going to say, how do people get in touch with you if they want to get a hold of you? Okay, well... Uh... The best way to find most of what I do is at Radio8Ball.com, www.Radio8Ball.com. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcasts on all the podcast formats. That's Radio8Ball, all one word, with the number eight, Radio8Ball, Radio8Ball, all one word. You can find it, like I said, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. You can get the Radio8Ball app from the iTunes App Store. Again, Radio8Ball, all one word. And we didn't talk about it at all, but there is a synchronicity here that when this comes out is the week when I'm releasing a brand new podcast that doesn't have anything to do with synchronicities or UFOs, except that they're around us all the time. So how can we avoid being about them? But it's a movie podcast called The World is Wrong. And it's an extremely positive podcast where we talk about movies that the world is wrong about. Great films that are unpopular or just ignored, and we're trying to to uh, correct that. So you can find that also wherever you find po- your podcasts. We only have two episodes of that, and with Radio 8 Ball, there's like 650. So it depends on what kind of person you are. If you want to dive into a deep, deep well, Radio 8 Ball is there for you. And if you want to get in on the ground floor or something, maybe you should check us out at theworldiswrongpodcast.com or the world is wrong wherever you get your podcasts. And while I still have the mic, I want to thank you, Mike, for inviting me here to and letting me pontificate for your audience. I hope it uh, served its purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Hey, one last question. Yeah. Would you call yourself a synchro mystic? Why not? Yeah. Good. Good answer. Good answer. I love that word. I just love that word. I, I, I consider myself a synchronicity surfer. Sometimes I consider myself a synchronaut. Ooh, uh, very good. I generally try and be as synchtastic as I possibly can. <laughs> and that includes being... Oh, that, I'm just going to say, and that includes definitely be indulging in synchromysticism. Great. Okay. Good. You should turn that. You should turn that. Uh, your your air conditioner back. Oh, thank God. Come on, turn on. Hey, thanks so much. This has been great. Thank you. It's been great here as well. Good. Hey, this is Mike. I am chiming in at the end after all the editing. You know, I missed something in the show. I messed up. I purposely said, hey, Andres, I want to get back to this question. And I never got back to the question. I was going to ask him about his relationship, his synchronistic relationship, his 
archetypal relationship with a very highly charged animal, and that would be the coyote. He talked about it a little bit, and I apologize, I never followed up. I certainly talked plenty about owls, and I do that more than I should, but I wish I would have asked him. Also, this episode went a little long, and there were some awkward technical things involving um, basically our voices overlapping, and we had to restart a few times. So... Uh, There may be a few points in this episode where it sounded a little bit choppy, and that is because I had to edit heavily to clean up some of those uh, jumpy sections where we were cutting off and and then joining back up again. And for me, it was tons of fun to talk to someone, to talk to Andres about synchronicity. He's a guy that knows, I mean, pretty much zero about UFOs, but it was remarkable that nearly everything he said about synchronicities could easily be said about the UFO topic. And that really struck me during our conversation. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. Bye now.